Hi, I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together we're Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting. In this episode, when scientists play jokes, making electricity from rubbish, and a long lippy top tip without an actual tip. Now, Lippy. Hello. We got a bit of feedback from last week's topics. Yes. And a bit of non-feedback, actually. I have not heard from Have I Got News For You about Ah. the counting fish and whether, in fact, that was an April Fool's joke or Mm. not. Uh, I didn't actually expect one. And I didn't mention anything in last Friday's programme. I I think it probably was, but... um, They're not going to admit that. No, possibly not. Anyway, one of the comments that I realised I'd said when I was editing last week's was, do scientists play uh, April Fool's jokes? Now, it turns out that scientists do, in fact, play April Fool's jokes. Yes. And I've got two examples. One is from CERN, which is one of my favourite places, Mm. also known as The Collider, (laughs) which is a massive piece of engineering under Switzerland and France that uh, I have visited on one occasion and we've certainly driven past when we've been skiing and I think there's a service area where you can you can view where it is you can't obviously can't see it from there yeah and I think I've bought it with stories of that yeah so anyway the people at CERN uh, on the 1st of April 2015 announced that an invisible force permeates the universe binding the galaxy together so, sounds like the force that's referred to in Star Wars films. Oh. So, they confirmed it did exist. And it was a CERN theorist, Ben Kenobi. So, the alarm bells will start to ring at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us and penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. It is the force. I wonder how many people fell for that. Interesting. Obviously, a... Uh, fan of Star Wars mm. would see straight through it. But yeah. if it was a scientist, then maybe not if they don't watch Star Wars or such trivia. I've watched Star Wars, but I still don't think I'd get that. No, possibly not. But mention of the Force does. The Ben Kenobi as well. Excellent. So good for CERN there. And the other one was a little bit earlier than that, was in 1976. And uh, this is Patrick Moore, one of my favourite astronomers and people in general astronomer is someone that looks at the sky yes not an astrologer those are two very different things oh what's an astrologer well they look at um, stars and horoscopes oh that's what i thought it was no very different and okay uh if you want to upset somebody with a degree in astrophysics refer to it as astrology that's okay perfect uh, quite irate at that i've got a friend of mine and i wind him up on a regular basis about that Anyway, so Patrick Moore uh, announced the approach of a once-in-a-lifetime astronomical event. At 9.47am, Moore said the planet Pluto would pass directly behind Jupiter, and -hmm. at that moment, their gravitational alignment would counteract and thus lessen the pull of Earth's gravity. Moore told his listeners that if they jumped in the air at the exact moment of the planetary alignment, they would experience a strange floating sensation. So at 9.48, one minute after the uh, alleged alignment, callers flooded the lines of BBC Two with stories of their brief, buoyant experiences. Well done, sir. Yes. (laughs) 
And we had a message from the Screaming Tomato down under, and he agrees with me of the use of the phrase end off. Oh, heck, that gets my hackles up, was his mm. response. That was actually used this weekend, that what, phrase. end off? Yeah. Oh, really? Where? In a conversation with yourself. Really? When? Yes, on Sunday. Oh, I missed that. You definitely didn't because you mentioned it and then you said, I can't, you definitely haven't been watching our, watching, listening to our podcast. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I can't remember what I have for breakfast. So Sundays, <laughs> no chance, I'm afraid. <laughs> Absolutely none. But um, Screaming Tomato makes a comment about the Brummie accent. And it reminds me of a story of a friend of mine who was filming in France with a cameraman from Birmingham with a very strong, I use from Dudley actually a very strong accent and they were in this french village and typically you know early evening nobody's about everything looks shut up yeah and uh, these two people walk past and neither of these guys speak french at all so you're in you know the middle of nowhere so you don't expect them to speak english so this this chap steps up to this couple rubs his stomach and just in this massive birmingham accent goes grub grub (laughs) And they looked at him, a bit blankly to begin with, and then pointed down the road to a restaurant. (laughs) So it does work. It is the hand actions. And you might remember Mini Matt from a while back, and one of the Italian job people, and he's responded to my pet peeve on wonky number plates. Now, Mini Mm. Matt works for BMW Mini, and so he, he knows a thing or two about this. So he says, wonky number plates is a real thing. Technicians often use a template old plate for their drill holes as the holes are pre-drilled in most of our new cars. However, if the template is wonky, that wonk gets replicated many, many times. If we spot it, we try and correct it as it winds me up too. So I'm glad I'm not the only one. Mm. And then Disney Joe, his partner, replied with, on my car, for example, with a slightly unhappy <laughs> face. So, <laughs> clearly, it's not just Teslas. There are no. a few other brands as well. So thank you, everybody, that got in touch. That that does make our, our week. It does, yes. We get a bit of feedback. Oh, one other thing the Screaming Tomato talks about, and I'm going to get this wrong, is a well, I wouldn't thing do that. called Nifiti. Uh, which I think might be an Australian term. It's also known as yard, yarn bombing. And it's uh, it's sort of a graffiti using wool. It's the only way I could describe Ooh. it. And it gets wrapped around uh, trees and bollards and things like that. And we do have a little bit of something in the village, a little bit like that, where there's a tree where pom-poms are yes. uh, hung from, which looks really nice. It's a, it's a very nice thing. But this seems to go a little bit further in terms of covering the tree in knitted items. Goodness only knows how you found that screaming tomato and what were you looking for at the time. <laughs> thing, but it is a very interesting thing. And if you look on Wikipedia, there's all sorts of various instances with almost like doilies on top of post boxes, for example, interesting so yes very different Mm. very different all very colorful so we're into week three are we now of your new job yes week three i feel like i kind of know what i do a bit more i don't really know what i do to be perfectly honest like it's a very it's a very broad job description and i help out 
in lots of different areas which means I don't necessarily have like a plan every day of what I need to do it just kind of comes in drips and drabs but we are moving offices and that's like a big project that I'm working on so I had a lot of that to do today which was like nice to actually just sit down and crack on with some work one of which though is I need to buy some more TVs how exciting is that yeah so I spent about an hour scrolling the internet trying to find a good TV so what do they use the TVs for Uh, in the meeting rooms okay so do you have Mm. to be able to cast something there or yeah so um there's this magical thing called click share oh yeah i'm sure there's other devices that do the same thing but click share i've used before and it is the easiest thing to use in the world you literally it's a little like black box on a usb and i i don't know where the other usb goes because i've never actually set one up i've just used it i assume it goes in the back of a tv and then you just plug it into your laptop click the button and everything on your screen is on the big screen very good it's super easy to use and you don't have to sign on to anything when you're like on your laptop you literally just plug it in and click and it goes so presumably you don't have to drag an hdmi cable across the office to get which is the (laughs) the other approach yeah so it's just you sit wherever you are plug it in click and you're on very good company i'm working for invested quite heavily in zoom rooms and they will they'll have a tv screen with a zoom box and that's somehow connected and then there's some way of sharing it it's i mean it's two years since i've been in the office so i guess the method of doing that is Mm. uh, is hazy to be honest but that that always worked quite well but that was a major investment in equipment i mean those zoom boxes are not cheap no we have one in our larger office and i don't think we'll be getting them for the smaller ones because they are for the whole kit for like the camera the microphone and they're like 360 cameras so that yeah everyone can be seen um i think they're at just over a grand well it sounds quite cheap actually I, yeah i wouldn't be surprised if it was a bit more. that one is for a freestanding camera not a camera attached to a okay okay and the other thing we've used before is chromecast um, which is a consumer mm. product, but yeah. I found that doesn't work brilliantly well. Um, I did it in the office at Cheltenham, and it was a bit flaky. Interesting. Half the meeting's gone by the time you've managed to connect to it, <laughs> connected <laughs> to the correct one, because you're actually yeah. connected one in another meeting, and they're going, why, is, why are we seeing this on our screen? Mm. <laughs> All fun and games. Good. Well, I'm sure the role will open up as time goes yes. on. You'll, you'll end up with Well, you'll end up with a lot more in terms of um, responsibilities and odd jobs that you pick up and then you'll try and shake and won't be able to. Like watering the plants. Yeah, exactly. That is one I actually quite enjoy. Uh, They are real plants, plants. they're not... Oh yeah, they are real plants. Artificial ones. You joke, I've seen someone water a a fake Christmas tree before. That doesn't surprise me. That doesn't (laughs) surprise me the slightest. Is it a family member? It wasn't. It wasn't, no. It was when when I worked at golf club. Oh, hey, uh, okay. Yeah. One of the helpers there decided that was told he needed to water the trees to make sure they stayed alive, and, and he assumed that meant the fake one as well. It was great when I saw it. To be honest, it really made my day. <laughs> now, talking of days, we had a cracking day on Friday, which was Good Friday. We last did. Week. Uh, well, I had a doubly cracking day because in the evening I watched The Long Good Friday, which is one of my favourite gangster films. I think I've Bob ever Hoskins. seen that. It's from the 80s. It's a very good film, but it is, mm. it's quite dated in many ways. Yeah. And, yeah, so in the morning, <laughs> off topic, in the morning we had the Easter egg hunt at the Crown Showground. Yes. 
which was brilliant. I mean, the weather was was perfect. It was mm. absolutely bang on. I was one of few that rocked up at half eight in shorts and a t-shirt and covered in sun cream. I feel like I was judged a bit when I first turned up. Some people did think I had got a bit over the top because it was quite cold still. It was a bit chilly. And again, it's three years since we've run that mm. event. Um, previously, the woodland where we hide the eggs is quite sheltered. Yes. And it's quite a bit cooler in there than the rest of the showground. Mm. However, they've been coppicing the area and it is a lot more open than it was. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot warmer. So my choice of clothing in terms of jeans was a very, very poor idea. Mm. I, I don't know how many people attended. We've not had a wash up meeting, but it, I can't remember that many coming and over in the last three years we've had more no we didn't seem to stop we've had more houses built so there is Mm. uh, you know opportunity for more people and i didn't recognize anybody either which is interesting there's a limit of 10 oh yeah but there's people you personally know whereas oh sorry uh, you tend to get a lines of it you'll spot individuals that always turn up always come yeah but their kids must be older than 10 now Mm -hmm. um so it's you know it's another set set coming along but it was it was good to see so many people although i have to say i do feel a bit overwhelmed to begin with with all of these people just rushing (laughs) into the woods i I hid behind my little notice with arrows on it and say which age group to go and and it took a couple of minutes to die down down. Yeah. yeah absolutely now going back to the long good friday There's a scene towards the end where they go into the Savoy Hotel in London. Mm. And it's the only road that I know of, and I think there are others in the UK, but it's the only road where you actually drive on the right-hand side. You don't drive on the left. Do you? You do indeed. Now, it is private land, so you can do what you like, basically. Mm. But there is a reason for this. And there is a theatre, the Savoy Theatre, is on the right-hand side of the road as you come in. So the taxi drivers could come in, drop somebody off at the theatre, and then continue to the hotel, which is at the end of the short road, and pick another Ah. fare up without having to go back round again. So that makes sense. That does make sense. Uh, The roundabout at the end defines the turning circle for a London cab. So it's the exact size of a turning... of the turning... Yes, yes. You have to have a turning circle of 25 foot to be a London... to get a a license for a London cab. Yeah. And that's based on the roundabout outside the Savoy Hotel. Oh, interesting. Which is quite interesting, I thought. Um, but it was odd that they were coming along the wrong side of the road, although the right mm. side of the left side of the road, and there was one shot from the hotel where you clearly see the taxi going the ro- coming in on the out lane. It says out very clearly oh. on the lane. <laughs> so it's quite obvious it's the yeah. wrong way around. Why yeah. they chose to do that, I don't know. That's very confusing. It is very confusing. Uh, but it, it, it makes sense. It does, yeah. does absolutely make sense. But um, yes, if you're watching Long Good Friday, towards the end, you'll spot the presumably deliberate error, but uh, for reasons yeah. unknown. Now, I've got a slightly controversial article <sighs> here. slightly controversial i was discussing this with a friend of mine last week who up until wednesday of last week was very much into his electric cars Mm. Uh, but he sold his nissan leaf and bought a porsche boxster instead (laughs) (laughs) i i think on the basis that he doesn't do very many miles okay as none of us are doing at the moment so so he's gone from one extreme 
to the complete other. Yes, absolutely. And Love it. No justification in that decision whatsoever. Mm. Porsche Boxsters nice. are cute, though. They're a nice car. Very nice car. It's a slightly limited edition. I think it's the R60. Uh, I don't know much about Porsche Boxsters, apart from they are very, very good. Mm. And one time he had a Boxster, a 98 Boxster and a 911. And I would say, actually, the Boxster was the better of the two, mostly because it didn't smell of vomit. Somebody had been spectacularly oh. sick in this car before he bought it. Not and okay. it was it was horrible and of course you know there's lots of bacteria and something like that so getting rid of the smell is actually quite it's hard difficult. yeah yeah not only that when he bought the car i took him over to pick it up and the lady that was selling it said um i didn't like the number plate so i changed it i went oh okay she said no no i don't the number plates on the car aren't the right ones sorry what do you mean that you you put a personal plate oh no i just put a different number number on there so it's not registered so she, to the car? No. I think there was oh one my, letter difference. Oh, my God. <laughs> How on earth have you got away with that? So I told my mate, who who's, would absolutely hate that sort of thing. Yeah. And he just went, I don't but I would have never have spotted that in a million years. No. I mean, presumably, unless you go for an MOT, and then they go, well, hang on a minute, you got the wrong number plates on there, but... Yeah, she can't have had it long. No, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, I digress somewhat from the mm. original subject, which is burning rubbish. And burning rubbish. This is a, an article about Sweden. And there's there's two issues here. So one is if lots of stuff's going to landfill, then landfill fills up pretty quickly. Mm. And apparently that the amount that generally as a world we're throwing away into landfill is unsustainable can't dig more holes to bury it so what sweden have been doing for a while is burning it and then using that heat to generate electricity it is controversial because you're basically creating more co2 yeah from burning it on the plus side you are creating energy rather than just burying it and let it produce whatever it produces yeah and i worked for hewlett packard in bracknell for a while and the business park that's built on these old landfill and they've got these little chimneys in various spots over there which let out the methane from underneath which is really quite worrying yeah Yeah, it does feel worse somehow then a bit of co2 like i know co2 is not good for the environment necessarily but so to give some figures for sweden they started expanding this in the 1970s so they've obviously been at it for a while and they have 34 waste to energy plants and that supplies nearly a million and a half households with heat and 780,000 households with electricity. I feel like in what we're going through at the moment, that would be perfect. Yes, it's a way of replacing gas mm. and oil from certain countries that, that uh, are not, are very not nice. behaving themselves. <laughs> Who are being mean. Put it baldly, yeah. Yeah. So again, on the e-fuel topic, so Porsche have invested another £57 million wow. in a plant in Chile to create synthetic fuels. So we've, we've covered that a few times. Um, obviously, if they're pumping that much money into it, then it's a, it's it's a bit it. of a goer, as they yeah. say. How'd you get in? I'll buy some stocks. You, well, you've got a fair couple of million knocking around I suppose. yeah in my back pocket <laughs> so in november 2020 porsche said the current cost of the synthetic fuel was seven pounds 60 a litre mm. 
but they're aiming to get it below 150 a litre which is certainly cheaper than it is here today however our Ooh. petrol has gone down well i read something earlier saying that there's a sadly a um, glut of oil what's a glut of oil well there's there's more sellers and buyers again I suspect okay. people have gone. Whoa, that's expensive. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not filling the car up to go on a joyride. And um, yeah, because so ours has gone down to right one off. five eight, which is still pretty high. But yeah, it is pretty high. Ours is one six one, so it's not a million miles away. Mm. But the last every the last couple of days, it keeps going down. Well, presumably that's uh, they've got a good turnover of fuel in there. And the problem we have here is that they pay the spot rate at the point of delivery mm. because they. Don't, don't have the the same custom as a as a bigger station yeah it was a tesco garage yes yeah so they'll have quite a big throughput mm. i would imagine and they'll be pushing prices down to get people in the supermarket as well which they tend yeah. to do so it can be a lost leader but if we can get some synthetic fuel that would be very good so uh, yeah thank you porsche <laughs> yes keep, keep going don't yeah, stop i'm sure you've got another 57 million somewhere else you can put in i'm sure they have <laughs> Now, there was a very interesting article in The Guardian, and I put in the notes, needs careful reading, which I haven't done. Mm. So it's going to be very much an overview. Interesting. But it's an interesting point, and unconsciously I'd seen this before. And this seems to be an internet thing. So why do we compare events that are not comparable? So yeah. they take the example of the, the Will Smith-Chris Rock incident yeah. and the war in Ukraine which are obviously at different ends of the spectrum. Mm, but somehow definitely. they get linked together as if it's comparing Relevant. apples with apples, yeah. which is, is just not. Uh, and I, you do see this quite a bit. And it can be an excuse for all sorts of behaviour or behaviour that's happened in the past. And you say, but this is going on now, which is more important. Or it's more now. Yeah. Uh, I'm not naming names here, but it's fairly obvious who I'm talking about. Um, you know, disregard that it's, there's more important things to to deal with and I, I do just see it a lot and it's sort of a little bit I think confirmation bias as well mm. it's just adding to, to somebody's story uh, but it is an interesting it's an interesting article and uh, probably worth some uh, a careful read so it's by Rachel Connolly in The Guardian and that which is free to read it's not behind a paywall um and no doubt we'll find some other examples over the next few weeks of that. I mean, some of them are quite ridiculous, to be honest. And you see them time and time again in the comments yeah. on on the socials. And the problem is you spend more time defending why that was a really stupid thing to say and irrelevant mm. than you do yeah. making a valid point. 100%. So, yeah. Not brilliant. It's interesting to give it a label. Mm. Now, when I was a child, I had an incident in a public toilet in Littlehampton where I got stuck in a cubicle. <laughs> I'm glad you said that quite quickly because in my yes. mind I was like, where is he going with this? Yes. No, I got stuck. It was um, by the fun fair, by mm. a massive fish in Littlehampton. I, I would imagine it's no longer there. Um, okay. I think we got some photos of, of the fish, not the, the little lavatory. Not the stuck toilet. I, Ever since then, I have been slightly worried about getting stuck in a toilet. Okay. Unfortunately, a lady got stuck in a public toilet in Landudno in Wales, and she had to pay 30 pence to get out. Why? What? Yes, quite. I'm not letting you out unless you pay me 30p. <laughs> yes. So there, there was advice on the poster inside the toilet door, which said, do not panic. 
So a little bit like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which allegedly had Don't Panic written on the cover. Yeah. So people are told to reassure the individual that everything is okay and instructed to press the unlock button. It goes on to say they have may have to wait 15 minutes and insert another 30p for the door to release. Now, oh obviously, God. the lady concerned couldn't put the 30p in, so she had to phone her husband, who yeah. then came in and put the 30p in. So if you're on your own, you're going to be stuck. You have to wait for someone to come and use the loo. I, yeah, basically. And then have a very embarrassing conversation. That, um, Could you not climb the over toilet. the top? I wonder. Uh, presumably not, or didn't, didn't want to do that. So mm. apparently the local council has said, we have closed the toilet temporarily while the manufacturer inspects and fixes the lock. Well, it's obviously repairs. been going on for a while. If there's an actual note there, there <laughs> they just haven't been bothered to do anything about it until it's been in the Daily Post. Absolutely. That's hilarious. Yes. Uh, it really annoyed me, so I took to Facebook to rant, and now it's all over the internet. Well, mm. I, think, I think your rant was very justified. Yes, and that, that's a valid rant. <laughs> valid rant, and has ended up with the correct action by the council, rather than just leaving it and letting people to get on with it. Now, another thing that bothers me slightly from time to time is robots, or our robots. Okay. And there's a couple of films I've watched where I've had a very uneasy feeling afterwards. Mm. It's not... Um, um, I can't remember one of them where the robot was a young boy. And it, yeah, I, I didn't like it very much. Um, and I see there's a Tesla bot. And, oh, no. Uh, yes, apparently it's going to be ready next year. And it, this article says it's slightly terrifying. I think it's a lot terrifying. Um, <laughs> t- to be honest, it's. It's faceless. It's a shape of a human, but it's faceless. That's that's what gets me. Like we've obviously got a robot Hoover. Yes, that doesn't terrify me because it doesn't look like a person. No. If why why make it look like a person? It doesn't need to look like a person. It can just be a ball. Well, I don't. Well, it depends on what it's going to do. So this is five foot eight tall. Has a carrying capacity of forty five pounds mm. or twenty kilograms. And it would deadlift, whatever that is, 68 kilograms. I don't know what the difference is there. And it will walk at... Uh, so it could carry five, your shopping. Five miles an hour. It could carry your shopping. You could get it to get the shopping from the car into the into the house. Mm-hmm. It has eight cameras to navigate it. Oh, this is, uh, this is the bit. A screen on its face will show useful info. So it will talk to you. That's what it's saying. It will talk to what? you. Well, what's well? It probably will. It has a artificial intelligence tech already in use in Tesla vehicles. But what are we going to see on its face? Oh, that's terrifying. That I mean, is, is it, creepy. Yeah. And then you think, uh, like, how intelligent does this intelligence get? Like, I don't want it to get that intelligent. Like, I'm happy with our Hoover because I know our Hoover is actually stupid. If you watch it, like I did the other day, I was working from home and he was doing his little thing. And he goes around the edges first and then he goes in the middle. Where I was in the house, I was sat on a chair. So the chair wasn't in the position that he had mapped the chair out to be in. He spent about 15 minutes. He managed to get into the legs of the chair and then couldn't get back out. And I just thought it was hilarious. So I was just watching him for 15 minutes trying to figure out how to get back through this gap in the chairs to the point where I then just had to lift the chair off him. Then he spent the next five minutes going in a circle because he didn't understand where the chair legs yeah. had gone. 
and then figured it out and carried on. And I was literally sat there Interesting. like... So he couldn't get out of the chair leg? No, he couldn't get the angle right. How interesting. He kept adjusting, but he was adjusting too far mm. every time. He just couldn't get it right. And I don't know if he would have eventually, but I, was, I got bored, so I lifted the chair up. You would think so eventually, because mm. if, they, if he's trying every possible angle... It'll be adjusting very slowly yeah. down until it went through, yeah. but... Yeah, there'll be part of his programming. This is when I get stuck. This is what I do. Yeah. Interesting. So, can you update the firmware on there? I have no idea. Probably Obviously not. The, the the programming must get better. It must make improvements to it. It'd be interesting to see how it how it gets there. Is there an app for the phone? There is. Yes, I don't yeah, have the app, but there is. Yeah, app, probably yes. through that. I'm assuming Chris does. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, talking of Chris and Charlotte. Um, Charlotte was listening to last week's podcast on the while she was riding. I saw, and um, she said to me, "Why have Chris and I not got names? Because we can't. We haven't thought of one. We did. We did ask our audience for names of Chris. He has to be the Duck Whisperer. You know, he does. (laughs) Maybe we should have the Duck Whisperer and the Horse Whisperer. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, we'll do that in future. We'll do that. Duck Whisperer. He'll love that." Yeah, I was out yesterday and um, having a cup of tea in a little cafe. And there was a river by the side and there was a lot of ducks there. Uh, I thought, oh, Chris would have liked this. Yeah. Um, and then there was a goose fight, which was interesting. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've yeah. seen a goose fight before. They're very uh, nippy with their yeah, beaks. Yeah, Very, yeah, mm, quite. Snappy. Stretchy, necky and, yeah. and yeah, gibbering at one another. So, Lippy, have you got a top tip that's new that hasn't been recycled from a year ago i think it's new well let's let's see it's something i i thought of today because we've been having wi-fi issues haven't you just haven't i just just to give the listeners a little flavor of the problems we've had over the last few weeks is that we'll start doing this and you've got a virgin media connection yes of something like 500 megabits a second coming mm. into the house so yeah. you can play stuff ridiculous to your heart's content absolutely yeah. fine now we've got a 100 megabit cable here mm-hmm. and we get about 90 to this computer 95 down and about 96 up or something mm. like that, something like that so you're getting 500 and something down yeah. and 0.83 up up so what happens is we'll start this and after a couple of minutes you'll freeze and yeah. i'll be in can you hear me? And there'll be nothing. And then you'll say, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? And then nothing. So we then have a WhatsApp conversation about what's going on. Then you drop off. You connect to your hotspot on your phone. So you have to do this over 4G. Mm. And then then Wife of Grumpy calls you. So uses some of the phone. Yeah, ruins it. So you go black. So then we have to spend 10 minutes waiting for yours to come back on again. So it has been a right pain in the posterior. It really has. Anyway, please, carry (laughs) on. (laughs) So the pain, it's been a pain. It's it's been about at least two months, I would say. I would say so, yeah. And when it first, the first time the issue occurred, I, I unfortunately, the only thing I didn't have control over when we moved into the house was the Wi-Fi. Um, Dark Whisperer dealt with all of that. Well done. And he, so he's on the contract, so I can't, I can call them and talk to them, but they won't do anything because my name's not on the contract. 
So I will be taking over once it's time for renewal because I could not deal with the lack of contact that was made. Yes. Um, so I, I brought it up to Duck Whisperer. Do you mind just letting them know, like seeing if there's anything, if there's wrong or if there's something with our Wi-Fi or blah de blah A few weeks went past, still having the issues, was having the interviews for my job where it was very obvious that the team's calls weren't working very well. Yeah. So I mentioned it again. Oh, there's nothing they can do, but fine, yeah, fine. Okay, fine. There's more weeks gone past. I think the last three weeks, we've had the same exact conversation of they can't do anything. There's They definitely won't be able to do anything. And me going, well, what's what? where's the harm in just asking? Flag the issues just so they know there's an issue. And then if there isn't anything they can do, then there's nothing they can do. And I think last week you found issues from other virgin customers where yes. their yeah. upload speeds were an issue and it was a thing that virgins upload speeds weren't as good as their download speeds so i showed that to him and was like look it's an issue with other people so it's an issue they're aware of so they must have a fix for it like they must have a fix for it went through another week had the same conversation again today can you but can you just do it like just do it just message them there's no harm in it. There's nothing they can do, blah, blah, blah. And then, so he went on the app and did a, like on the app, you can do a test and it tests your Wi-Fi and yeah, stuff for you. Yeah, speed. Yeah. And the, the test came back fine and saying it was all fine. And then Chris clicked through to like log an issue, but it went in a loop. It basically wasn't working very well. So we came to the conclusion, fine, this weekend he'll call them and have a chat with them and just see if there's anything to do. They got an email this afternoon after he had done all the tests saying, we know there's an issue with your Wi-Fi and we're doing the best we can now to fix it. <laughs> can I just point out the Wi-Fi is not the same as the broadband connection? Well, the broadband. The bro- the well, they're broadband. fixing it. It's broken. They know it's broken. Now they're yeah. aware that it's broken. They're now looking about fixing it. There must be published speeds for upload and download. And they can't <laughs> possibly have a... Upload speed of less than one megabit a second. No. When we had copper ADSL to the house, it was better than that, and that wasn't particularly fast. Madness. It is absolutely so, yeah. madness. Well, I think with all these things, you have to persevere. Yes. But um, it's, the annoying thing is, it wasn't per, it's not having to persevere with Virgin. True. Virgin, as soon as Virgin have been aware, they've emailed us, they've given us £5 off our bill each month until it's fixed. Brilliant. Which is great. It wasn't Virgin that was the issue. Well, it was. No. But <laughs> the Duck Whisperer, I did get a message through saying, okay, you can be smug now. Excellent. Yes. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> As if you needed any help in... Any reason to smug, gloat smug, that I was right. <laughs> I think at this point it's worth giving a shout out to the cable internet provider we have in the village called Brox box box broadband it's very difficult to mm-hmm. say and we had real problems getting it getting it into the house because of connecting the road and it was right at the beginning of the covid and they were trying to connect our road to the next road and um, this wasn't happening at all and then covid came along and all the rest of it so i think at the beginning of last year they physically connected the house to the road but couldn't go any further. Uh, And I had a phone call just before Christmas saying, are you still interested? 
absolutely we are we've got all the mm. kits here we're you know yeah. we're ready to go basically and um so they said oh well, we can connect you in the new year which they they did um and yes it's a good price it's a, it's a little bit more than we were paying before but for much faster speed uh, but i thought we'd get a static ip address i thought that was the agreement so because i needed to do some work and it, the ip address kept changing so i emailed the office and said is this included if not how much more is it went downstairs made a cup of tea came back up again the email said fixed <laughs> Mad. <laughs> Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And it's great having, I mean, I always like small companies like that because you get to talk to the people that can actually mm. fix it rather than go through a call centre. Yeah. And this one's even better because it's just up the road so I can go and bang on their door if necessary. But apart from that one thing, I've not had a problem whatsoever. So, do they want um, to come and do mine? Possibly. They have had a lot of trouble in uh, in the village with getting into streets and thinking it's going to be easier than it's actually mm. turned out to be. In fact, they started by doing another village just down the road that had really poor adsl connections the good thing about this is their activity in this village has made bt up their game considerably yeah i bet so yeah so there's friends of mine who uh, he would get up at six in the morning to uh, to do some work he's one of the lions because after eight o'clock the speed couldn't was get. just so slow he couldn't do yeah. anything um, which is ridiculous, and BT just mm. weren't interested at all. And then all of a sudden, they're putting in boxes at that end of the village because they're losing customers. Yeah. Because quite cleverly, Box have gone, oh, we'll go and um, do these areas first. Yeah, we'll do the ones where the issues are for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a fun fact. It's a wedding-related yes. one this week. Ooh. So, And it's about the word honeymoon. And it comes from an early medieval practice in Europe where a month's supply of mead, an alcoholic drink made from honey, which was thought to be an aphrodisiac, was given to newlyweds. In other words, one moon's worth of honey. The honeymoon. Mm, honeymoon. Yeah. I like it. Yes, I did try some mead. We had a I don't party like mead. and some friends. And I don't like honey. It's one of the things that I really don't like. It mm. makes me feel quite ill. And I took yeah. one mouthful and went, oh, that's not what I thought it was going to be like. <laughs> yeah. So, so that wouldn't suit me. No, no. That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye.